You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope, where you can belong, believe, and be renewed along the way. When it comes to prayer, one of the things when you have group prayer that has been kind of awkward for a lot of people is to like gather around and hold hands like in a circle for prayer. And I get that that's awkward for a lot of people. And there's something there's something really powerful about doing that, uh, being in that moment, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it scares a lot of people away from wanting to be a part of a group prayer, just to be able to, 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 to hold hands with, with people that you know or don't know. It could be something that throws people. For me, it's not, a, not an issue for me, and that's just a personality thing more than anything. And, and a lot of times I've tried to, especially with young people, um, tried to like break the ice by let's breaking out in a little Bon Jovi. Take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. Oh, oh, living on a prayer. And see, uh, <laughs> sorry, but uh, it was just like, you know, to break the ice, to get comfortable enough to just hold hands for a few minutes and share prayer. But holding hands aside, when it comes to sharing prayer with each other, why is it good to share prayer with each other? Today we're talking about sharing prayer, sharing our lives together as we continue in our series in Psalm 40, studying a couple of verses each week leading us up to Easter Sunday. And as exciting as Easter is for Christians, we are excited about it. This is this is about our intimacy with the Creator. It's not just about getting to the exciting day of Easter Sunday, but it's about us growing in our intimacy with our Heavenly Father and doing it daily. And so we've been in Psalm 40. We're going to continue today. Um, Psalm 40 is a psalm of praise to God for answered prayer. And it's basically saying, God, you have answered my prayers. You are awesome. You are fantastic. And I know you will do it again. And so let's begin at verse 1, and we'll focus mainly today on verses 9 and 10. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid rock and steadied me as I walked along. As he, he has given me a new song to sing, a, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust in the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud or in those who worship idols. Oh, Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, look, I have come, as is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. And now here's our main verses for today. I have told all your people about your, injust- about your justice. <laughs> I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. So our big idea today that we're going to build on for our next few minutes together is when we pray with and for others, we're sharing ourselves and we're sharing Jesus with others. Okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let me give that again. This is our big idea, and this is a huge one. When we pray with and for others, we're sharing ourselves and Jesus with others. 
And so let's start with the heart, because prayer, even if we think about you know using our mouth to pray and holding hands, as we kind of mentioned earlier, to pray, it really begins with the heart. And your heart is God's treasure. Your heart is God's treasure. And I think about things I treasure. I would think about, I would, I would, I would show you images. I would give you pictures of, of my family. Like I, my treasure, I mean, my family, my wife, Shelly, is, 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 is like my greatest treasure. My, my kids, Christian, Jericho, now I treasure them. I treasure time with them. I treasure who they are and who they're becoming. I treasure moments with, with my parents, and my parents live on a lake called Lake Claiborne here in Louisiana. I treasure time on the lake. I treasure time just being on the water. I've always loved water. I love the ocean. I love being uh, near water. Somehow it just, it's, it's, something, it's, it's something I treasure. I treasure the moments that I get to do that. We're heading into Easter, and I treasure Easter candy, and I especially treasure peeps. <laughs> I know peeps are controversial. A lot of people don't like them. I love them. It's marshmallow coated in sugar, and I don't know how anybody could not like it. Um, plus, they're pretty. They're very colorful and pretty. And uh, <laughs> But what do you treasure? What, what do you treasure? When, when we shift the question to God, we realize that what God treasures is our hearts. God treasures our hearts. David says... I have told your people about your justice. Some translations say I've told people the, the people about your righteousness. And this was originally written in Hebrew, and we get that. And then, and then the Hebrew word for justice here, or righteousness, is the word sadek. And sadek means that which is altogether right and just. Righteous, justice, it means that which is altogether right and just. Altogether, completely. Like there's no question that this is right and this is just. So last week when we studied about David saying, God, you have pierced my heart with your word and your word is written on my heart. This is because God treasures the heart. And the God who is altogether right and altogether just treasures our hearts. The, the, he, he, he treasures our hearts so much that he takes his heart, he takes, he takes this heart of ours and molds it with his righteousness and his justice. And here's what that means for us, that God treasures your heart. This is what it means for you, that God treasures your heart. First of all, God gifts you with salvation. God gifts you with salvation. It's a gift. Mark, uh, I mean, sorry, Acts 4.11. I'm getting kind of excited here. I'm saying, saying the wrong things. Acts 4.11 says, For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, The stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. There is no other name in all of heaven for people to call on to save them. See, God gifts you with salvation through Jesus. This is the gift. It's not a reward. It's not a payment. It's a gift. It's a, and, and God gives you this gift of salvation through Jesus because God treasures your heart. And because God treasures your heart, God also provides you with stability. Ephesians 5.8 says, You groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. Get on with it. You see, because God treasures your heart, He allows you to walk in the light of Jesus. And in this light, He makes your footsteps firm. See, we can avoid the mud and the mire. We can avoid the pitfalls. We can avoid the traps and the wrong turns because He, he gives us stability in which to walk. And here's the thing, even when we fail to avoid the mud, the mire, the pitfalls, the traps, and the wrong turns, He still desires to lift us out and place our feet on solid ground. 
They give us that stability because God treasures your heart. And because God treasures your heart, God blesses you with, with satisfaction. I'm going to tell you, this is what I mean. Psalm 4, 7 says, You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain and wine. I'll tell you, you know, the psalmist saying to God, God, you have given me a satisfaction. You treasure my heart and you've blessed me with being satisfied so much that you have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain and wine. To remember, remember this, obedience is the best sacrifice. And let me add to that, the byproduct of obedience is joy. The byproduct of obeying God's word is joy because God treasures your heart. Because he is altogether right and just. And you can trust God with your heart. See, this is, like, this is key for us. So many of us like really don't, when it boils down to it, trust anyone, even our creator God, even our father God, with our hearts. And because God desires your heart, God loves you with all his heart. You're, he tr- God treasures your heart so much. You can trust God with your heart. Trusting God with your heart means allowing his word to pierce your heart so that you'll do his will. And as you live in doing his will, you find satisfaction. You find joy, real joy that fills you from deep within. Your heart is God's treasure, and he places his love there. But the plan is not just for us just, just, to, just to have his love, just to have it, but, and not just sit there in his love, but for that love that's in your heart to be taken out and shared. See, the love that God places in your heart must be taken out and shared. This is a point where, uh, you know, live, in-person worship time, I pull out the candy and share it. My good friend, Pastor Tina has done this for years and I actually, I did it and since she was doing it. So I just, just say, okay, I got it from her. But, but, and I love, I love uh, this thing where Pastor Tina is well known for this, for throwing candy at people in her sermons. And this is a point where I would probably do that, you know, if, if it was a, if it was in person and live with us, I would take out some candy because this is what you do, right? You get a big heart box of candy. Hopefully you share it. Hopefully you don't just eat it all yourself. Now, don't be greedy and stingy with your candy. But when you know, when I have gotten like on Valentine's, a big heart box of candy, you know, I'll share that. I'll, of course, I have my favorites, and it's hard to share your favorites. But you know, you share. How do you feel when someone shares something good with you? When somebody shares the good stuff with you, what if, what if we took that idea and we applied it to Jesus? What wouldn't the love of Jesus be a good thing to share? Wouldn't it? David says, I have, I have not kept the good news hidden in my heart. I have not. It's not hidden. The good news that God loves me, God loves me and God loves you. That's the good news. I can't keep that hidden. I have to take it out and I have to share it. And this is, this is the good news of what? David says that this is the good news of God's justice, God's righteousness. And then the, the, the Hebrew word that's used here, justice or righteousness, it's, it's a different form of sedek it, 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 that we found in verse 10. This is, this verse, this word is sedaka. Sedaka. It literally means to be just and to do right. Like it's not that which is altogether just and right. It means to be just and to do right. David says once God puts justice and righteousness in our hearts, that we keep it there, but we don't hide it there. We become people who do what is right. We can become people who be just and do what is right. 
Here's the way Jesus put it in Matthew 5, 14. He says, here's another way to put it. You're, you're here to be liked, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as, as public as a city on a hill. If, if I make you light bearers, don't, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to put you on a light stand. And now, now that I put you here on this hilltop, on a, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, the generous Father in heaven. We, we're here to be light, the light of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus met people where they were. He realized something that we need to understand. To gather the harvest, you have to go into the field. The harvest doesn't come to you. You have to go into the field to gather the harvest. According to this book I read uh, called Why Christians Sin by J.K. Johnson, uh, this is a, kind of an older book, but he, he says he, he has some, some, uh, some numbers there. This is where I, you know, from, from the New Testament. Jesus is recorded in the, in the Bible to have 132 contacts with people. 132 recorded contacts. Jesus definitely had more contacts than that, but 132 contacts. Six of those are in the temple. Five were in a synagogue, or four were in a synagogue, sorry. Six in the temple, four in a synagogue, that's 10. And the other 122 were out in mainstream life. See, Jesus had, you know, the vast majority of the contacts that people made with, with Jesus weren't that weren't in the temple, weren't in a synagogue, but were out in mainstream life. The story of God's love for us is good news. The story of Jesus is good news. Make the good news known by your life. How you treat people matters. The, con- the, the content you post and the comments you make on your social media matters. You have, you have the greatest love in the world filling your heart. Take it out and share it in a world that is dying for it. Don't, don't keep the good news hidden in your heart. Be just. Do what is right. And here we go. Last, last kind of thing we're building on our big idea today. With words and actions, tell others who God is. With words and actions, tell others who God is. The other day I was doing kind of what I always do when I, when I go out shopping here in Natchitoches. I wear one of our shirts that say Awaken Natchitoches. Um, it's, it's, I like it. It's a black t-shirt with just white lettering, which I love. The back has like the church logo and website and stuff on it. Um, and, 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 uh, but, but it's a, but it's a, the reason why we had a black shirt with white print and it says Awaken Natchitoches is because that's a conversation starter. And I'm like, I want to I wanna be able to tell others about this, this, uh, this mission we're on. And, I, and what happens usually is I get a question about it or somebody get a remark. And it happened the other day. Again, I'm wearing the Awaken Natchitoches shirt. I'm at, the, I'm at the grocery store. I'm finishing up. I'm actually walking through the parking lot. And this lady says, hey, I like your shirt. And I thanked her, and I told her that God is awakening us to a life-changing relationship with Jesus and equipping us to awaken others. And then I pulled out of my back pocket one of our invite cards. I tried to, I don't do it, I do forget sometimes, but I try to, to always have at least five or so of those invite cards with me. And I pulled it out and handed it to her. She's like, oh, thanks. I had to come check that out sometime. Is, <laughs> it's like, a, you know, advertise, is your life... Is your life a walking billboard, like like wearing a shirt of your of your favorite church or your favorite wrestler or your favorite band? I don't know. You're like a walking billboard. And if your life is a walking billboard, what are you advertising? David sings in our psalm, 
I talk about your faithfulness and your saving power. I talk about your loving kindness. I tell the whole assembly. I tell a multitude of people. I tell everyone. And if we go back at verse 9 that we, uh, from, that we looked at before, a little bit earlier, in the New American Standard Bible, it reads like this. Behold, I will not restrain my lips. Oh, Lord, you know. It says, behold, which is one of my favorite things in, in, in the, in the New, New American Standard Bible. Behold, <laughs> I will not restrain my lips. Oh, Lord, you know. Lord, you know. And everybody else is going to know. There's a, there's, a, there's a time and a place to restrain your lips. There is. When someone blocks the intersection because they can't stand wait for the red light, I will restrain my lips. When, when someone says something out of, out of ignorance that they don't even know me, I will restrain my lips. When someone says pineapple goes on pizza, it's going to be difficult, but I'm going to restrain my lips. <laughs> when someone, <laughs> you know, that uh, Dr. Howard Hendricks wrote this, in the midst of a generation screaming for answers, Christians are stuttering. In the midst of a generation, this is, and he wrote this, he wrote this a generation ago, and it's even more so now. In the midst of a generation screaming for answers, Christians are stuttering. I, I, I wonder how long we're going to keep stuttering. More than that, I wonder how long we're going to keep restraining our lips. You know, why don't you repeat after me? I will not restrain my lips. I will not restrain my lips. I can't make you repeat it, but I can say I'm, I'm saying it for myself. I'm not just trying to get you to say something. I'm saying it for me. I will not restrain my lips. What does David say he has told everyone about? God's loving kindness, his faithfulness, and saving power. Again, here, this, this word, loving kindness, in Hebrew is the word chesed. And chesed means to show mercy and put to shame. Not to put a person to shame. Show mercy to the person and put to shame that which they need the mercy for. Like, like when we tell others who God is and what he's done for us, in a very real, real way, we show them the mercy of Jesus and put to shame the very idea that they're alone in this. That's what, it, that's what it means to put a shame. Chesed means the loving kindness of God shows mercy to you and puts to shame, puts to shame the very idea that you're alone in what you're dealing with. It's no secret that talking to people about Jesus and about spiritual things has some challenges, okay? The biggest challenge is it's probably fear. It's the first thing people mention when I ask the question. Fear. Or fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of questions that they might ask. But here's what the scriptures tell us about that fear. First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who is fear, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So let's be made perfect in love. Let that, that love of Jesus and that love for people push aside the fear that keeps us from introducing them to each other. Okay, here's five things. Five things to remember about this perfect love of Christ. The perfect love can drive the perfect love of Christ can can drive out fear. Here's five things. Remember this. So we're talking about praying for others, praying with others, extending an invitation. God's expectation is that I speak, not that they respond. This is this is true of me as a preacher. <laughs> This is true of you as a Christian. This is true of all of us. God's expectation is that you speak. You speak words of love. You speak words with love, with grace, 
But, but God's expectation isn't that you make them respond. My job is to speak, and God expects that out of love. I, I'm expected to speak what he puts in my heart to share. But it's not that I, you know, that I make somebody respond, okay? The second thing is that, that God calls me to faithfulness, not to be an expert. God calls you to be faithful, not to be an expert. We can have fear that somebody's going to ask a question you don't know the answer to. God's, God's calling you to be faithful, not to be an expert on this. The third thing is that, you know what? The Holy Spirit is working through you. You can make that's an affirmation. I can I can share I can share about Jesus. I can share about my spiritual life. I can share, I can extend an invitation for someone to come with me to church. Because the Holy Spirit is working through me. And through the Holy Spirit, again, anything is possible. Another thing is that when, think, when we think about rejection, people even rejected Jesus. Use that, use that to 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 to, to keep you moving forward. People even rejected Jesus. And the fifth thing is that, that God often does his greatest work in my weakness. I'm, I'm weak. I'm not, I'm not strong at t- t- talking to people about religion. I'm not, t- I'm not asking you to talk to people about religion. I'm saying if you have, if God treasures your heart so much, and he put people in your life to share and do life with, how would you, how, how would, it, you know, Jesus is, is who Jesus is. If God is God and the love of God is 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 filling your heart. Why would you not share that? God often does his greatest work in my weakness. So if you're awakened church, if you're part of the awakened church family, here's a, here's an opportunity. Get get those invite cards out. Get extend an invitation uh to, to, to Easter Sunday, just a couple of weeks away actually, uh is, is our celebration of the resurrection. And here's here's why this has the potential to be something amazing. Because people are searching for hope. People are searching for some some semblance of, of joy. People are searching for a connection to something or someone who is going to love them no matter what. Here's the thing. Jesus saves from sin, from shame, and from hopelessness. When we share Jesus, we're sharing a sense of belonging, purpose, and identity that is the most beautiful thing that anyone could imagine. That's what we're sharing when we share an invitation to somebody to, 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 come, to, to come to church. So, so pray with and for others. Pray for who, who, who should I, should I extend an invitation to? Who should I show the love of Christ to? How can I show the love of Christ to them? Because when we pray with and for others, we're sharing ourselves and we're sharing Jesus with others. Next step, pray about who you should invite to come and worship on Easter Sunday. Pray about who needs, who needs checked on, who needs a call, who needs a text, who needs to know that you're with them? Who needs to know they're not alone? And pray about how you might invite them into the presence of God and the resurrected Christ. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.